I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I am Christine. And I'm Regina. Oh my God. We're really on a roll. Yeah. Can't believe it. So talking about being on a roll... <laughs> that's like the worst transition like we just we just have to accept the fact that transitions are never going to be our thing <laughs> speaking about being on a roll let's talk about rolling heads does that work ew that's disgusting <laughs> okay i've been watching a lot of game of thrones like we talked about oh so. yeah that's true okay well i've been watching a lot of true crime documentaries and like what i was telling christine about this case beforehand she's like no no no, save it for the podcast I'm like shut up <laughs> But I was watching, it's literally a channel called True Crime Daily. Mm -hmm. And there was a video, they kind of do it as like a little mini documentary series about this girl who murdered her mom in Bali. This actually happened in 2017. And I like vaguely recall it happening, but I didn't really like follow the story. So she murdered her mom or she hired someone to murder? She and her boyfriend murdered her mom. (gasps) Yeah. So like her dad was black, her mom was white. So she was mixed and they were like quite wealthy from a Chicago suburb, went to Bali because she'd been acting out. And so her mom was like, I really want to like reconnect with my daughter. So they bought like business class tickets, like $10,000 each to stay at a resort. That's like a thousand dollars a night. And then after two weeks, all of a sudden the mom gets a phone call and was like, oh, so-and-so just checked into the hotel under your credit card. And that was the name of her daughter's boyfriend. Mm. And so then obviously she was really upset because they charged his ticket on her card, a $12,000 ticket, first class ticket there. Uh And then he arrives and, you know, all hell breaks loose. Like the mom, the daughter are arguing and then they don't really say anything in the cameras. You see like the boyfriend, like bringing something under his shirt into their room. And then later on, you see the couple like carrying a heavy, heavy luggage outside. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm not going to get into the gruesome details of the murder. What I wanted to talk about was the fact that like afterwards when she was like reporting the case to the police, first of all, they tried to drop off the luggage with a taxi driver. So the taxi driver was like, what the heck is this? (laughs) They see he sees bloodstains on it and takes it to the police. Obviously, they were able to track down the couple at like another resort. And I like how they go to another resort. Like, oh, that's let's enjoy our vacation. Yeah, it was only like a mile away too. And so then she was like, yeah, my mom was crazy. She found out that I was pregnant. She really doesn't like my boyfriend. So she like started creating this whole story about how her mom is like an alcoholic and extremely violent and like chases her around with knives. Now that they're talking about it, they obviously realize that she's like super manipulative and like none of this is true. But like she was so short and like there was actually video of her being like yeah I killed my mom she's like in Indonesian jail and she's like yeah I killed my mom and I don't regret it but then she'll also like post things and be like oh yeah I really miss you mommy and she's taking care of her like two-year-old daughter in Indonesian jail because I think that she got 10 years of imprisonment there because the crime happened there so she's stuck there 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, the things that people tell themselves. To justify their behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And that really speaks to the power of what lens you see the world in. Mm-hmm. Because you can really convince yourself of a lot of things that are not really based on reality. Yeah. And I guess maybe in that sense, reality is subjective based off of that particular person. Yeah, because everybody's going to have a story, right? Like to her, yeah. she's like, oh, well, my mom was crazy. She said, kept telling me that she was going to kill me. So if I didn't kill her, she was going to kill me. Right. And that was the story that she went by and was like, yep, I had to kill her because, yeah, justified. She was going to kill me. So I had to kill her. Wow. I mean, that's like the extreme part of believing your own what you think is true and like the voices inside your head to commit murder and to murder your own mom you know what I mean it's crazy it's so crazy these like true crime and you watch these like documentaries about murder cases you want to tie it to the fact that these people are the exception and they're insane mental illness and all that but I think a lot of times a lot of people are just so skewed in their own sense of reality that they have to believe or they convince themselves to believe that what is a complete lie is the truth in order to do the heinous things that they do. It helps them feel better about themselves too in order to feel that satisfaction of like, oh, no, 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 no. Like it was right of me to do this. Yeah, I was justified. Because X, Y, Z. Right, right. Yeah, justified. Completely so. So on a smaller scale, <laughs> on a really <laughs> minute scale of that, <laughs> let's go into our transition and our topic of today. Oh, transition number two for this episode. <laughs> Woohoo! So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about, it's along kind of similar lines of convincing yourselves of new realities, but more so we want to focus on obviously the understanding of self and the single most important thing that we could ever do for ourselves is to understand ourselves. Mm. It's really easy to get swept up in trends, trying to fit in, trying to be agreeable, but what does that mean for yourself? Like, what do you want for yourself? Mm -hmm. And it takes so much time and effort and reflection to get to the point where you're like, ah, okay, aha, this is my aha moment of like, ah, this is what I really want. You know, we wanted to talk about the process that it took to get there. I think Christine and I, we had very different ways of getting there. It's really interesting to look back at our different paths. And obviously there's a lot of growth and understanding that we continue to have for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We kind of just wanted to talk about our thoughts of what self meant from childhood till now, which I think for me specifically has changed so much. I feel like all of that bubbling up of energy has really like exploded in the past year. So I feel like I'm ready to talk about it. (laughs) Yay. No, I really love hearing about your journey and, you know, what you've been through and where you are now. And I know sometimes it can be difficult to face because a lot of times we're not where we want to be or envision ourselves to be at. And that can be the struggle. But then the magic really happens and actually where you are now is distinguishing and shifting through what is your truth and who you are versus other voices and other people's opinions that have integrated into yourself and internalized. So it's a really magical process to be like, ah, that's what you're saying. Aha. (laughs) I don't think that's me. I don't think that was ever me. I don't think I've ever believed that. Mm -hmm. Other things So connecting from your past and all the patterns that you've seen throughout your life are like, oh, it's very enlightening to be able to connect the dots, which we've talked about before, but Mm -hmm. it really takes a lot of courage and a sense of humbleism to to ground Mm -hmm. yourself and be true like I mean finding yourself truth right like Mm -hmm. really being quiet and then facing a lot of things that perhaps 
for most of your life you've been avoiding. Yeah, definitely. So take us through your journey. Who are you? Who is who is Regina? Oh, okay. Who am I? I literally like named this outline. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the beginning of like a Dr. Seuss book. Who am I? <laughs> who are you? Let's go and green eggs and ham. I don't know. Okay, that didn't <laughs> Yeah. So for me, when I was younger, I was always like taught to go with the flow. I didn't really have many likes or dislikes. I kind of always kept my opinions to myself. I liked what everyone else liked. Mm. And then I thought that that was like me. For example, one of my friends like loved dance. So then I was like, oh, I'll take dance classes. I was really, really terrible at it. Um, (laughs) Another really liked songwriting. And I was like, oh, that's cool never really got into it. And I remember we had a pool at my old house. And so I used to always swim. And then out of like our group of friends, when I was like younger, I was like one of the faster ones. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I like practiced and then I tried out for the swim team. I failed so miserably. I had never been so embarrassed because I had never swam competitively for like Olympic sized pools. I had only done like short distances or like half distances. So when I did like full distances, I was so tired. Someone had to like straight up like pull me out of the pool in a way that was kind of always like a chip on my shoulder that I was like always like never good enough. Mm. Now I can realize and I didn't realize this then, but those weren't things that I super wanted to do, nor were they things that I had set out to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. It never occurred to me to have like an opinion on those activities at the time. I was just always like, oh, this is what everyone else does. So like I should do the same. Right. I mean, it makes sense that at a young age, we don't know yet what we like and don't like for most of us, right? It's usually formed around what we're good at Mm -hmm. and what other people think that we're good at. So then say if you're good at swimming, then it's like, ooh, Regina, yeah, she's good at swimming. So then that's something that she should do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that becomes like my identity. Like, oh, she's the one who's good at swim. She's the one who's good Mm -hmm. at piano. Math. Yeah, exactly. So as a kid, like your identity does focus on your strengths. But then at the same time, like for me, I was just so like, ah, okay, about everything. Well, your strengths don't equal to who you are and what you like. Yeah. No, yeah. But like that never occurred to me. <laughs> like <laughs> even to this day, it's like really hard for me to pick a favorite color or like a favorite song. I think growing up specifically too, like you just want to blend in with everyone else, right? Mm. So when my best friend's favorite color was blue, I was like, oh, that's my favorite color. Not to say that I don't like blue, but like I just didn't really have like an opinion otherwise. So what is your favorite color now? I don't know. (laughs) It depends on my mood. Like my phone is pink. I've been liking like a lot of like dusty rose, but then I also like forest green, blue. I don't know. I remember even very specifically with like our relationship in the very beginning, you'd be like, oh my God, this is like my favorite movie or like, I love this movie so much. And I remember thinking like, oh, what's my favorite movie? (laughs) And I think now I have a much better idea because I understand myself more. But, you know, growing up that way, like I think it made it even harder for me as an adult to like make decisions. Mm. And that was always okay for me because I was easygoing and I made friends easily. So it never really like bothered me that much. But I think as an adult, it just was like this like dark cloud that was like looming. And it was like, but then what do you really like? And I was like, Mm. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Assaulting is hard. Yeah, exactly. And then I think that as college started to approach, I started realizing like how important it was for me to start forming my own opinions. And then it was like, I didn't know how. 
And so I definitely think that you are very instrumental in that because there would be talks that we would have. And then you'll be like, wait, but then why didn't you say that in like blah, blah, blah meeting? Or like, why didn't you voice that more clearly? And I was like, I didn't realize that I could. Mm. Like, I thought that these were just like inner thoughts that I had, but I just had to do and follow along what the other person says or thinks is right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting because I do remember that. I do remember those moments. And I am the opposite of you. (laughs) 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 And that I actually have an issue expressing how I feel all the time when I'm feeling it versus letting it merit. Because like a lot of times it's based off of just pure emotion and being irrational and just Mm -hmm. being swept away with my emotion versus Mm -hmm. really like, oh, what is it that I'm really thinking? Mm -hmm. So to me, I was like, wait, you don't talk about (laughs) How you feel, even though you felt that way, yeah. you know, which I understand. I understand because there's a lot of factors into that. And especially, you know, given everything that you just said right now, mm-hmm. like of how you grew up and all the things as to blending in and, and also you were much younger then. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes total sense. But now as a full grown adult, it's really cool to see you coming into your own. But it's also like, it's not like you didn't know, like even back then, you did have an opinion. Mm -hmm. But it's more about expressing it. Mm -hmm. Even now, it's like, oh, you may not have a favorite color, Mm -hmm. which you don't have to, but you do know what you like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you also know what you don't like. The essence of that is really deciding what speaks to you and what doesn't. So you don't have to have a favorite, but you do know like, oh, you like these type of movies. You like watching these type of true crime, people getting murdered (laughs) stuff, you know? Yes, that is, that is, uh, those are my interests. That's it. That's Regina. Yeah. Who is Regina? She watches murders. And likes Dusty Rose. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on her mood. Yeah. So then you said after college, you began to see how important it was to form your own opinions and not even form, but express them. Yeah. Express them. I remember, (laughs) I would say that my biggest like coming of my own, becoming my own coming to my own. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Yeah. Who am I? It was like in my master's program. I honestly cannot even remember like what the argument was. Mm. We were having like a debate and the professor like divided the class into two. And I ended up like (laughs) scream yelling, arguing with this like guy on the other team for like a good like five to 10 minutes. And the entire class was silent. And it was just me and him like going at it at each other. And we're like, no, it has to be this. And I would say that that's my biggest like, oh, wow, I have opinions. And I'm not like (laughs) afraid to aggressively shout them across the room. (laughs) I was going to say, I've never heard you scream shout ever. Yeah, I know. I don't do it very often. But I think that that was kind of when I started to realize like, oh, I have a lot of feelings (laughs) and those feelings are valid and I have a lot of opinions that I can voice. And, you know, I think that the thing about like opinions is like they always get a bad rep because they're always like, oh, if you're too opinionated, it's bad because blah, blah, blah. But it's like sometimes if you give out your opinion, that doesn't have to be the end all be all. It's an open discussion. Right. And that actually is what creates dialogue and actually change in the world. Mm -hmm. Because if everyone blended in and did everything the same in form, there's no conflict and no different perspectives, then we would never grow as people, as humans, and as a society. Mm -hmm. And so even as I was like going into my early adulthood, I think that I was trying to be like this bold and fearless person. But then at the same time, I was still afraid to make decisions because I was afraid to 
upset people. I was afraid to say anything that would tick anyone off. For me, I think that the best decision I made in terms of growth was definitely going to New York Mm. and not having the same voices that were kind of always like in my head or having that kind of similar community around me tell me what to do and try to form my own opinion. But then now coming back to LA, those like voices are back. So it's been a very like interesting where I thought I had grown out of it, but then now coming back home, I'm like, oh, I'm very similar to the way that I was before, but now with bolder opinions. Well, you said similar as you were before in terms of what specifically? Similar, I think that like obviously moving home and we'll probably do an episode about this later about like moving back home in your mid to late 20s. Mm -hmm. It's very different. It is difficult. It is. I've moved home (laughs) after college. Yeah. Stay there till 26, 27. Yeah. 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 So I definitely think that like, obviously our parents want the best for us, but I would also say that especially in a field that they don't really understand or they're going to force their opinions on you. And I think that that was the thing too, like growing up, I never had to have many opinions because my mother had a lot of opinions. (laughs) And so, and as a kid, you're like, okay, well, whatever opinion my mom or my dad have, like, that's the way that I'll do it. But I think that as I got older and my opinions started conflicting with theirs as well, then I was like, who am I? (laughs) What's happening? Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. So now that you've moved back home and you're saying you're being confronted with these same similar experiences, how has your self-truth slowly revealed itself? Or how have you been dealing with this process of figuring out who you are? I have learned that I'm the type of person that really likes to like go out and ask for people's opinions, Mm. only in the sense that I'm curious to know what other people's like perspectives are. I think that it's really interesting and it shines light. And I think that that was something that I learned a lot in college as well, where I attended a school where everybody was like very religious and I wasn't. And then it made me question like, oh, why didn't I think that way? Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to hear what other people think, because then I can either disagree or agree. That was something that I had to learn on my own, where it's like, it's fine to ask for people's opinions. But I think that deep down, like every time someone says something and I don't necessarily agree, like I do have that like gut feeling of being like, ooh, this isn't quite right. Mm. But in the past, I'd always just kind of brush by and be like, oh, this is fine. Like, it's okay. We don't have to agree. I'll like kind of try to please everyone. And I think Mm. that that's kind of at the stage of life when you and I met. Because I remember very specifically when I'll be like, oh, no, 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 it'll be cool. Like, I'll go to PA school and then I'll, you know, do media stuff on the side. And you're like, okay, but like life doesn't work that way. I was like, no, 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 it's it's fine. Like, (laughs) I can do it. And you're like, yeah, but like, it's going to be hard. And I was like, yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that I began to convince myself that, yes, PA school was what I wanted. And like, yes, I had this huge passion for you know, media and entertainment, but like, oh, that's just not the path that I'm going to take. I'm going to do the more quote unquote safe route. Right. Right. And then this stuff will just kind of remain a hobby. I mean, even then, even at that age and the way you were talking about PA and all that, Mm -hmm. I can already tell that that was in your truth. Yeah. It was almost like robotic, you know, (laughs) and that like the way that you're talking about it, the way that you're answering questions and like, oh, is that what you really want to do? What do you like about it? It really sounded like you were speaking the words that your parents were speaking as to why you would do well in it. Yeah, That's the part where in terms of being able to find what is your inner truth, because I think that's the reason why we want to do this episode, because 
to a lot of people, it's like, well, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. What does self-truth even mean? Am I supposed to sit there and meditate on a rock by the <laughs> beach and then like all these answers come to me? Or something's supposed to hit me and I'm like, oh my God, I now know all the answers to who I am and what I'm going to do. Like, no, that's not what we're saying, of course. But I do believe mm-hmm. that self-truth is something that we're all born with. You already know it, you know, and mm-hmm. as you continue growing and developing as a human being and become more self-aware, which a lot of times it's through many experiences that we have and what triggers certain responses. So for example, back when we were a kid, I was the same way where I chose to play the violin. My parents were like, you have to play an instrument. So what do you want to play? I'm like, I don't know, I'll play violin. (laughs) And then I hated it. I hated it, you know, but I was actually pretty good at it. But I was good at it because I was doing it to please my parents Mm -hmm. and trying to earn their love. Mm -hmm. But I hated it. Mm -hmm. And it actually took me a really long time to realize that I hated it, you know? (laughs) And I convinced myself that I'm not going to violin player but at the end of the day even something as seemingly simple as that do you like violin or you don't is a good insight as to what's going on inside yeah and that's actually what we're talking about in terms of building that muscle of trusting your intuition Mm -hmm. because your intuition is there to guide you as to what speaks to you and what doesn't simple as that and what we often do because in order to survive and to blend in like regina said we ignore it we ignore intuition And oftentimes our intuition conflicts with what the world tells us we should be. Mm -hmm. What we end up doing is that the more we stuff it, the more numb we get. The less in tune we are with how we really feel and what is true to us as individuals. Not what's true to us as a collective group of people or what's true to us as a family Mm -hmm. or my friend group. No, what's true to you then we go into kind of an autopilot mode where you just go, you just do what, like you're just cruising. The crazy thing about autopilot mode is that your foot is like not even on the gas pedal anymore. No. You're literally just sitting there. You're drifting. And just letting things happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way that you use the word autopilot because I definitely relate to that. Like I think that that word just encompasses exactly how I was living my life. But then I also knew for me that like I wasn't okay with that. Mm. Like I didn't want to just cruise on by. And I think that that was always the biggest conflict that I was dealing with because I wanted to live this like extraordinary life. But then I was just on autopilot. My Mm. foot wasn't even on the gas pedal. It wasn't on the brake pedal. I was just cruising along. That's so interesting that you said that. That actually is really insightful in that what you want in your head versus how you're actually living it in your life and the choices that you're making don't support each other, Mm -hmm. right? So it actually makes a lot of sense as to sometimes we're in our current situation and we're like, why am I not further along than I thought? Why is this not playing out the way that I thought? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times like our actions are not matching what we really want. Mm -hmm. Then that comes back to what is it that you really want? Which is why Mm self-truth is really important because if you're on autopilot, it's easy for five to 10 years to go by and you're on a path that you're, when you actually wake up, you're like, what am I doing? And like, how did I get here? (laughs) Yes, yes. And then you're like, I don't feel any joy at all or very little joy. Mm -hmm. And actually what you're doing is distracting yourself with all the other things that you think will bring you joy. So that may be other things that like, yeah, I'm going out a lot. I'm just avoiding what the real issue is. So I'm just doing a lot of different things that bring you very superficial surface level joy. Like bursts of joy. Yes. You get a burst of, oh, I'm going to go out with my friends tonight. I'm going to do this and that and this and that. And then you kind of ride the high for a little bit, but 
as you get older, that like high lasts shorter and shorter. Yeah. Shorter and shorter. Exactly. Because you start to realize it's not fulfilling. Sometimes it's like an addiction almost because that's what the endorphins obviously kick in when those highs come in. So you just seek out those moments, more and more of those moments that you can get the high from. But I mean, I've talked about me doing drugs before, but it's like (laughs) the more you do it, the less potent it is. Mm -hmm. It's just not the same as before. So you kind of need more of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why a lot of people too just keep waiting for the next thing, right? It's like, oh, once I graduate, then I will feel Mm -hmm. the happiness, right? Mm -hmm. Once I get married and find the love of my life, then I'll finally feel the way I'm supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the other thing too, where as you grow up as a kid, there are a lot of milestones to hit. And the milestones come annually, sometimes mm-hmm. like biannual, like they just happen very often. Cause then every year you finish a grade, every year, you know, you accomplish this and if you have extracurriculars, you get like certain awards or whatever. But then when you get older, like you no longer have those milestones to knock off your list, right? Like you don't finish a grade every year. Yeah. You, when you're done with college and then you're like, okay, I'm going to do my master's program. When you're done with all those things, you're just living life now. And then you don't have those milestones to check off. And then you're just kind of like, okay, well, like now what? How do I keep moving forward? Exactly. And as a kid, there's always someone to tell you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. you need to get more extracurricular activities on so you can boost up your resume Mm -hmm. for your college application. And like, so you have all these steps. But then as you get older and get into adulthood, no one's telling you, how do you get that promotion? It can be completely ambiguous, which is why it's harder. And it it takes longer because it's not like, oh, in five years, you can be promoted to this. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. just never know. So let's talk about why self-truth is important. There's a quote that I really like that kind of ties into the whole, you know, having other people give you their opinions or give you advice. It was this Refinery29 article that I found last night. We'll link it in the description below. I really, really enjoyed it. But one of the quotes that stood out to me was, stop asking for permission from others. They won't necessarily care what you do, or they'll have an agenda for making you choose one thing over another. They won't thank you for following their advice and you'll end up doing something you never wanted to do. Pull back on your own agenda, figure it out. Mm. So what was your takeaway for that? My takeaway is that I like love asking other people for their opinions. But I think that when I was little, I would ask other people for their opinions and then follow it. Versus now, I this sounds bad. I ask other people for their opinions to be like, I totally agree or I totally disagree. And then I still go <laughs> with my original opinion. Which is great. I think it's still, I mean, There's nothing wrong with asking for other people's opinions. It's how you channel it and interpret it and Mm -hmm. internalize it, right? So if it is just like, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, which is a really great and mature way Mm -hmm. uh, to approach it. But also it's like either that confirms your own feelings or makes you think a little bit more. Perhaps you didn't get the full picture and then that Mm -hmm. might change the way you feel about certain things, which is great. Being open and taking in new information and growing essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Definitely, yeah. So I think that's the thing with the inner truth where... Once you feel it and you know it, that's where your confidence lives. And you feel so Mm -hmm. like there's nothing else that you're more sure about when you really, really tap into what is it that speaks to you that you know to the core of you is right. Even with a really small example of like, what's your favorite color? Mm -hmm. Like for me, I know without a doubt that I love pink. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you ask me to pretend like my favorite color is brown, no matter how passionate I try and lie to myself about and try to say it, it still won't come from a true place of confidence because I know that that's not my truth. Not true. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So like, I always think about like, I don't know if you guys have played Mafia, the game of Mafia before. (laughs) And basically you get assigned roles. And if you're Mafia, which is the bad guy, you have to pretend like you're not. You're like one of the good guys. And I suck at it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
like you just know that that's internally that's what we're talking about that feeling where it doesn't feel quite right Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's easy to dismiss because you're just like nah we've done it so many times like nah go away like no 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 you you talk yourself out of listening to it a lot of Mm times for me like I used to go to worst case scenario right and you're Mm -hmm. just like oh if I do that then they're gonna call me out and then I'm gonna look stupid and I actually don't know how to back that up and why do I feel that way everybody else thinks this and I'm the only one that doesn't think that but you can't get rid of that feeling until you actually numb it out to a certain point where that's where it gets scary where you can't even tell what your intuition is like trying to tell you anymore that you can't even feel that anymore Mm -hmm. as long as you still have that nudging feeling every once in a while that's a good sign don't try to dismiss it it's actually what will help you align so a lot of times people email me and reach out and say like oh you know they're not truly happy in their life and there's certain things that they want but they're unable to get because of a b and c and knowing your inner truth is such a big part of that process and that's why you want to go into how do you do that how do you find out your inner truth and really find the courage to live it because that is essential to the difference of you getting what you want based off of what you truly want internally versus you just going through the motions of autopilot to achieve somebody else's life or somebody else's dream, which you've now internalized mm-hmm. as, is that what I want? Which is now why, like say Regina, it's like a lot of times you're just like, what is it that's me? And what is it that I don't know, you're just in a confused state, right? So decisions are really hard to make. Mm -hmm. But if you know your inner truth, essentially, it's like your North Star, you know, without a doubt that that is it actually makes a lot of things simple, because you're like, I know that what are my intentions? Okay, I'm going to go forward with confidence, because that's what like I said, that's where your true confidence lies in. Not in the fact that you know that everything's going to work out the way that you plan it to be. But you know, that trusting your gut, at least that right, you can live in your peace of knowing that you're pursuing what is true to you versus living out somebody else's mm-hmm. life and having that not work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of the first things that I find is really important is identifying and honoring your values. And your values are really what drive your decision making. They are your northern stars. Ah, I said it right. They're your guiding force and your non-negotiables. So like for me, honesty, communication, authenticity, love, those are just some of the few values that are super important to me. I mean, they're different from person to person, you know, but that's why you see a lot of my actions where we're talking about me expressing (laughs) how I feel. It's because it's a value of mine. Communication is a value. So when I don't do that, when I don't communicate, I feel misaligned. So that's why it's unique to you to pay attention to that. So with Regina, maybe your value is communication but because you haven't been communicating you feel a weirdness to you right now as an adult as you're becoming more aware you're like wait a sec it's okay for me to have opinions and actually have pretty strong ones Mm -hmm. so figuring out what your values are is a huge huge thing and then living by it which is hard right because there's a lot of things that let's say communication communication sometimes comes with a lot of fighting. It can come with a lot of confrontation, which makes things really uneasy, relationships hard and all that. So then a lot of times people who have a high value in communication do not choose to communicate because they're afraid of what their ramifications might be or the consequences. So it's hard to live out your values a lot of times. But if you consciously do it and remain in your intention, then that's a really key step in living your inner truth. And I think what, Regina, you're going through right now, what you have been going through in like step two is identifying what is false to you. So Mm -hmm. other people's opinions, right? So for you, can you walk us through the times that you've realized that what other people say and other people's opinions put on you didn't match what you felt about yourself? 
I've never had like anything major kind of knock me down in regards to like other people's opinions. The opinion that I probably fought the most would be like my parents. <laughs> no, that's a huge one. And also opinion too could be your own inner critic. Yeah. I think that I was always just on such an autopilot mode that I didn't really know how to differentiate the two. And it took a long time for me to like grow into that because mm-hmm. I think that when I was in New York and all the time that I had was like my own and I didn't have any like responsibilities or obligations and stuff like that, I was able to do what I wanted with my time. And I think that that was like extremely telling because, you know, as a child, I grew up and kind of just did whatever everyone else did because I thought that that's what I wanted to do too. But when I started going to New York and I was like, oh, I want to check out this like cool art gallery. Like I want to watch this, like my friends call them like hippie indie movies that like don't really make sense but sometimes do kind of movies yeah but I realized that those were things that like I really loved investing my time in and then I started to realize like oh it's okay to like like I don't have a problem with like action movies and stuff like that but like if I were given an hour and a half to two hours to watch a movie I'd much rather watch a movie like Lady Bird oh my god I've seen that movie like two three times it makes me ball every single time but like little things like that that I always I think as a child like felt like I was going to be judged for Mm. have now become something that I just embrace and force people to come and watch with me versus just being like oh let me just do this in my spare time because like I enjoy sharing these things right and regardless of whether my friends enjoy it or not they'll be like oh this is something you know Regina likes and I'll do this with her but then when it's things that they like I'll enjoy it with them as well and so I think that when it comes to like opinions the one definitely the one I fought the most was like my parents Mm. them wanting me so much to be in the medical field and me wanting to be a good daughter and make them happy and make them feel safe like safe in the way that like that I will have like a good future and I can support myself and all of that right it was really conflicting on my end because I wanted all those things that they said they did but I just didn't want to do it in the way that they wanted me to. Right. And in that example that you just said, identifying what is false to you is that it's connected in that being a good daughter is you having to listen and do the things that they want you to do, which a medical field or following through exactly how you live your life. That's not the same. That's what's false. Mm -hmm. Because your inner truth knows that you are a good daughter, regardless if you follow exactly what they tell you to do. Getting back to your intention, right? Mm -hmm. It's like what they truly want and what you truly want is for you to be happy. Mm -hmm. And what does being happy mean, right? Being happy, it is aligning with what your truth is and living that fully. And you to be confident in that whatever you're doing it's coming from a good place that actually I think your parents would prefer you be a, <laughs> just a basic good person versus being a super successful doctor who's a really crappy person. Yeah. Even those things of what we internalize from what our parents or people around us say to us and in essence, it turning into our inner critics because then it's like, oh, you're not going into the medical field. I've heard you say that since I've met you. Like that's the common theme in your life. Yeah. That inner critic has stuck with you. It's still with you. But I think the difference now is that you understand 
understand more that that doesn't define you as a daughter, a good daughter, or a person. Because you know, and I've heard you say this with more confidence, that you can help people outside of the medical field, mm-hmm. right? And actually, the people yeah. that you're, you're reaching right now through even our podcast and your Instagram posts and just being authentic and vulnerable to what speaks to you, which actually a lot of times has nothing to do with medical field, rarely, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you really touch them on a deeper level. I mean, how does that feel for you? It's weird. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Like I had so tied those two together, like medical field and helping people that I didn't know how to separate the two. And even now, like I feel so thankful to be able to connect with everyone. Mm -hmm. It feels both great and strange. Like it feels great because I'm so happy to be able to connect with people. I hope it makes people feel less alone in the world because I know it helps me feel less alone in the world. Wait, but but you, you do know that. You do know that because people tell you that. Yeah. So like owning that versus like, I hope it's like you do and you know you do and they continuously tell you. (laughs) So I think that's something to remind yourself of because those are the things that do make us question our inner truths because like, well, I hope or I don't know. And then like, but actually there's a lot of confidence there because you do know Mm -hmm. that you're making a huge difference and people go out of their way to tell you that. (laughs) It takes time, I think, to definitely like grow into this confidence Like this word confidence is like thrown around so much, but to Mm -hmm. actually like grow into it and feel it. And it's okay to feel super confident in some things and not super confident in others. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. waver your level of confidence at all. I think that's the thing that we all could use to do more of, which is just to own up to our confidence and own up to what we have been able to accomplish and decide from there, like, okay, you've experienced all these things. You know, all these things about yourselves, your likes and dislikes. I think that was always my biggest thing, like just understanding likes and dislikes. So where to go from now? Like, where do you go from here? You know? Right. And actually, the confidence is coming from, you know, that this is who you are. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to sometimes feel uneasy about it or not too sure because you're always constantly growing. The core of who you are remains the same, as in what speaks to you in terms of what type of person you are. You're a good person. You care about people, your values and all that. That can also evolve over time. But Mm -hmm. how you live it. And how you choose to express it changes and evolves. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why sometimes when we're caught in between that evolution period, we're like, what spoke to you before doesn't speak to you anymore. And you're like, wait, Mm -hmm. but what does that mean? And I'm expressing myself differently or that doesn't speak to me the same way. Mm -hmm. But that's all perfectly normal. Yeah. So I think that goes into three and four, which is Mm -hmm. being really honest and vulnerable with yourself and living it. So it does require a lot of courage to face a lot of things that are happening within. Because a lot of times we are told who we should be our entire lives and then who you really are conflicts with that. And as humans, we resist change. That's where all the fear comes from, you know, not knowing. Like, all right, so Mm -hmm. if I really do pay attention to my inner truth that the medical field doesn't really speak to me, what does, right? And there's that big question mark that that question mark is the fear of the unknown because you don't really feel like you have that answer yet. But like I said before, whatever you choose to do, that can change at any point of your life. But the core of who you are is the same. So whatever you move forward in, as long as you are in touch with your intuition and what speaks to you, we follow what you like, what you don't like. If your values are about communication and honesty and all that, you stick to that then whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Your confidence will be in that because you know that who you are is special. 
As humans, we resist change, but really telling the truth requires change and it initiates change. But change is a good thing. In change, that's where the most growth happens. So wherever you are, and especially like with me too, there's constantly, we're humans, we're constantly questioning ourselves, we're finding our inner critics, we're finding what speaks to us. But wherever you are in your journey, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Really hone in. And sometimes it just takes centering yourself, reminding yourself, what do you like? What don't you like? What speaks to you? What doesn't speak to you? You know, and centering yourself in that moment, just really living in that moment versus thinking 20 billion steps ahead and trying to answer like, well, then who am I? What am I going to do? And how am I going to change the world and all that? You'll get there when you get there, but you need to, well, you don't need to, but you should try to figure out what speaks to you. Yeah. So what ending advice do you have for people out there that are trying to figure out their self-truth or what speaks to them? Definitely start with finding little things that mean a lot to you. I know that you've mentioned this a couple of times, but it's like, what do you find yourself doing in your spare time? Right. And I think that those will help you start painting a picture to yourself of who you are. I think that was something that was very instrumental in my growth process when I started to realize like how much I love storytelling and like digital media and certain movies and stuff like that. Like I think that that helped piece together what meant a lot to me because I was able to see it, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you don't see it, you don't know. And that's why we always encourage you guys to go out there and experience and try new things because then you'll start to realize like, oh, hey, I like that. I want that. And slowly your vision and your dream will start coming together the biggest thing is to embrace those things. Like the thing Mm. that you like may not be cool, but that's okay if you think it's cool. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Hamilton is, if you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? And Mm. that was so powerful to me because I had been so like wavering throughout my whole life. I didn't know what I stood for. And so if I didn't know what I stood for, I could fall for anything. And I didn't want to be that type of person. Mm. That kind of self-awareness to me was just brought on by a lot of experiences that I had gone through. And even people around me, you know, sometimes having people support you and your own beliefs. I got really lucky. I have friends that encourage me to be me and don't Mm -hmm. try to put me into a category or a box. And I encourage you all to find people like that as well, because you deserve the chance to grow. You deserve the chance to be you and to be loved unconditionally for that and to succeed. Right. And all of those elements add up to you really loving yourself. You know what I mean? Because you first believing that who you are will be loved and accepted, at least by you. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that for yourself, then it's really hard for other people to buy into that because you're pretending to be other versions of yourself. Mm -hmm. So people who like that version of you are not even liking who you really are. And the only person that knows that is you. And that's when you know late at night, or when you're by yourself, you're like, you start to question. That's when all the dark thoughts creep in, right? Yes. Like they just Mm -hmm. come flooding in. And if you know your truth and if you know who you are, when those thoughts start creeping in, you know how to combat them and fight them off. Exactly. That's where the confidence comes in from, you Mm -hmm. know? And that's where I kind of wanted to end on this note of you can have everything that the world defines as successful, as in you're well-respected, you have a high-paying job, People love you, a lot of followers, you're married, you have a billion kids, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. But late at night, (laughs) 
when those <laughs> when those thoughts come creeping in and you don't feel aligned, you don't feel peace, you feel like, you know, something's just not right. No matter what I do, I just I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people they use that blanket statement of happy and unhappy to cover everything. Really, you're just not feeling settled. Something's not right. And that's really your spirit telling you that you're not aligned with your inner truth. Yeah. And you do a lot of things like you seek outside validation because you don't validate yourself because you don't really believe your truth and who you're trying to present yourself to be. You take things personally. And like Regina said, you don't know what you stand for, really. Mm-hmm. That's why you ask questions like, who am I? So all these things at the end of the day, you can have all these exterior things that supposedly will make you happy. But at the end of the night, you know for yourself if you're not feeling peace and balance. And what we're saying in terms of finding your inner truth is the key to that. And that will hold true to the day you die. Oh my God, I just made it so morbid. But I just, I, know. I tied it, yeah. <laughs> you tied it back into the murder that we talked about in the beginning. So yes. maybe that was a really perfect wrap up. <laughs> Till the day you die and then you become a subject on true crimes daily. <laughs> oh God, I hope I don't end up on true crime daily. <laughs> so in order not to be featured on true crimes daily, find your inner truth. Yes. <laughs> And we leave you with that note. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is perfectly imperfect turning into? They're like, what kind of ending is that? <laughs> oh, by the way, we're sponsored by <laughs> yeah, <laughs> murder mysteries. <laughs> no, we're not. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hashtag not spawns. But if you like to sponsor us, you can reach us at. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. Another episode about self-discovery, self-understanding self-love. I love it. I mean, I always feel like these are messages that I need to hear and I'm sure you need to hear as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys for joining us. If you guys want to know what we're up to throughout the week, we'll link our social channels in the description box below. And it would mean the absolute world to us if you could please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. We love reading your guys' comments. It helps us feel connected with you guys. And we'll see you guys next week. Yay! Bye! Yeah, the sun's so blue. Yeah, the sun's so blue.